Welcome back to another episode of Into the Airbnb, where we talk with Airbnb hosts about their short-term rental experience. Today's guest is Lori Newton, based in Idaho, who will share with us about her experience on Airbnb and also give out some tips for other Airbnb hosts. This episode is sponsored by Airbnb, the only one analytics dashboard for short-term rental investors and managers where you can find precise Airbnb data such as occupancy rate, revenue, average sale rate, and so on. So, without further ado, let's get into it. Can you tell us how did you get started on Airbnb? We got started on Airbnb because I always wanted a cabin in the mountains, but I had teenagers. Teenagers don't like to go on little vacations like that. So... We had it and everybody was just always never wanted to go. So rather than wasting it, I told my husband, let's, let's go ahead and put it on Airbnb and see what happens. We didn't think anything would really happen with it, to be honest with you. And once he put it on there, the listing, it just took off. Good to hear. It was, it was a good start then. Uh, yeah. It was what's your first, accident. sorry, what can you please? I said it was more by accident. <laughs> mm-hmm. At least you started good by accident or not. So um, did you get started on Idaho as well? Yeah, that's yeah, that's where we started was in Idaho. Yeah, it's a little town just outside of West Yellowstone. Okay, I see. So in the area you're hosting, how is the seasonality like? So wintertime... Yes a very popular area to go snow machining. People from all Mm -hmm. over the United States go there to snow machine. And in the summer they visit because they wanna see West Yellowstone National Park. So it's busy pretty much 12 months out of the year. There is one month they call mud mud season. And that's when the snow starts to melt. And it dries up a little bit during that period of time, but you still get, you still get some people that are still traveling through that still book the Airbnbs we have there. I see. So um, how is your average occupancy rate like in the high season versus the low season? I would say in the high season summer, we're probably 98% booked, um, if not more. And in the wintertime, um, probably 75%. That's a pretty good number. Yeah, it um, is. Mm-hmm. What is your pricing strategy? You know, my husband was the one that really came up with more the pricing strategy, and he did a really good job of it. He basically looked at other Airbnbs in the area and he, mm-hmm. um, same size, but then he started out with a lower rate until we started mm-hmm. to get the occupancies. Right. And the reason mm-hmm. his strategy for that was, was he said, nobody knows a year down the road, what you were originally, you know, pricing those to stay, keep them full and people, you know, you're, you're rated on your, um, value, right. Your value for what you paid. So mm-hmm. basically 
they would always say good value. So you, we never, we've never really had a problem with value because every year he creeps it up just a little bit more. And then pretty soon you do the smart pricing and then Airbnb pretty much is pricing it compared to uh, the others in the area. So then after mm-hmm. a couple of years, you're, you're right up there with everybody else. So do you get to use Airbnb smart pricing? Yes, we do. I know he's got us hooked up on the Airbnb smart pricing. When, but when he very first lists a place, no, he doesn't do it that way. He, uh, he, he undercuts the market pretty good to get him going. Mm-hmm. So your experience with the smart pricing is good. I've been told with uh, from other hosts that, that their experience with the smart pricing with from Airbnb is really bad. Like they don't like it at all. Yeah, I don't think we've really much had a problem with it. Um, I've never heard him complain about it or anything. And they seem to still, you know, stick within that range that we're, we're asking. But yeah, we do, we do utilize the smart pricing, but we've never had a problem. And maybe that's because there's not a ton of Airbnbs in the area. Um, mm-hmm. And maybe that's why. So they can keep them a little bit high. I see. So have you tried using any other um, dynamic pricing solutions? No, no, we haven't. How, how did you um, perceive your revenue changing while using the smart pricing versus when you weren't using it? I wouldn't say there's much of a difference, to be honest with you. And the only time really smart pricing ever kicks in it seems like, is when there's a lot of occupancy in the area. And then it'll mm-hmm. kick in to under bid or under, under, keep under everybody else's just a little bit. And you're not talking a lot of money, but people mm-hmm. always want, even if it's a dollar less, people want, still want to save a dollar, right? That's as right. long as it has good reviews. Yes, I agree. So can you tell us, Uh, throughout the years, what have been your top challenges while learning Airbnb? You know, I would say cleaning services can be, can be tough because you got to have a good cleaner and you got to treat your cleaners right. Um, you can't be cheap with them. You have to basically, they call the shots when it comes to, to pricing the, clean, you know, the cleaning of it. And basically is what I do is I always let the cleaner bid And then I always have a little bit of wiggle room there. So like right now with gas prices going up, right? Her fees are going up too, because everything's more expensive. Her cleaning supplies are more expensive. Fuel to get to these places is more expensive. And she mm-hmm. just rates on me not that long ago, but I'm still under the dollar amount that I charge for the cleaning fee. And that cleaning fee also includes snow removal, trash, that kind of stuff. So there's still some wiggle room there for for that, for the pricing of cleaning, but cleaning was probably my biggest challenge and finding somebody I could trust because I was actually making that drive almost daily. And it's about an hour and a half away from where I live. And I work a full-time job and I also own other businesses. And so it was consuming my time huge. And I would say that was probably my biggest thing was, was just finding a good, reliable cleaning service that I trusted. I see. Um, that is a problem that I've heard from many other hosts. How did you overcome that problem? How did you get to find 
the person of or the team or the cleaning team you trust for your properties? You know, that's that's kind of interesting because basically I, I don't belong to that community up there. And this is a very interesting community. They don't like mm -hmm. outsiders. And so is what I did is I started um, joining their Facebook pages, their community Facebook pages and, you know, comment on things always stayed positive. And then pretty soon after about four or five months of being on there, I was able to just say, Hey, ISO in search of a good cleaning service that's reliable and I can trust. And multiple people had gotten in touch with me, but with those multiple people contacting me, I knew that they were probably just starting out because I had always heard in that area that it's hard to get a good cleaner, somebody that's willing to take you on because everybody was full. And this gal reached out to me and said, this person is moving back to the area. She's originally from here and she's starting a cleaning service. And I thought, you know, that would be good to have somebody that knows the area is involved with the locals can keep me in the loop because it's great when she keeps me in the loop during fire season, she'll text me and say, Hey, I'm going to put notes on the tables that says no open fire pits. We're in fire season. Mm -hmm. Just she, she's so into the community and just knows everything that's going on. It's so helpful. So that's, that's how I did it is just became kind of a, tried to become kind of a little part of the community and started asking questions. That's good. Good that you found a good one. So uh, you told me that all of your listings are in Idaho. Yes. Are there in different uh, cities or towns? Yes. I have um, one that I used to, have, I've always been a landlord of full-time rentals, right? The, the long-term rentals. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. I slowly started to convert um, the, the long-term rentals over to the um, short-term rentals. And so one of the ones that's in another town, it's in a really small dinky little town. It's the only Airbnb in town. And I got a lot of flack at first from the neighbors and from city council, but that house attracted bad people. I don't know what it was about it. It was a nice place, but it would always attract problem people. And so mm -hmm. I just told city council, I said, give me six months. And if you're happy and the neighbors are happy, just give me, just give me a chance. And so in six months, I was able to show these guys because it's in a small farming community, but within this farming community, there's a, a resort, a locals resort that's close by, but you're also very centralized in this area. You're an hour and a half from so many of the major attractions in Idaho. So it's basically, it's a home base. It's in the middle of everything. And it's also, um, located near the snake river. So I get a lot of fishermen. Um, so mm -hmm. that one does pretty good. And it also during the COVID time, that one was interesting too, because a lot of people chose it because we put in really good internet and a lot of people chose it to work from there while their families, um, visited different parks in the area. So, but that one's done pretty well too. The other one, I wanted to see how it would work out on my own property because I have seven acres right along the river and we're very, very remote. And so I told my husband, I said, let's just put the fifth wheel up. It's a two bedroom, two bath, fifth wheel. It's a, it's a, it's a good size fifth wheel. Let's see if it's worth building another home on our property and doing like a farm experience. So we set that RV up back by the water. My husband, first thing my husband said is there's no way somebody's going to want to rent our backyard, but our backyard is the river and it's a forest and it's located in a, a wildlife sanctuary. That place wow. is 
percent full all summer long. We of course take it down in the winter, but it's full all summer long. So, but now that we know that that will work, we're actually breaking off some of our property and building a new home on it for just strictly for the Airbnb. I see. And um, are any of those world listings far enough that you need to do remote hosting? Like I uh, get to hire other people to manage for you? No, I, I manage them myself. Now, when we start going out of state, because the five-year plan is mm -hmm. to start going into other states. Mm -hmm. um, because we also want to live in an area when we retire that is warm because Idaho is very cold. I mean, before we went down to go visit Florida last week, mm -hmm. two weeks prior mm -hmm. to that, it was 15 below zero. It's cold here in the winter. So mm -hmm. if when if and when we do that um, and go out of state, we will more than likely ha possibly have a manager. If not, we'll be under contract for maintenance, um, pool service, all of that to make sure that everything's being done properly and cleaned properly. Right. Sounds like a good plan. You talked to me previously about a listing that only attracted um, bad guests. How did you get to rise the bar for those guests? I imagine you got to um, get um, better guests than that. So the Oh, yeah. The long-term renters were the bad ones, but the Airbnb mm -hmm. guests are awesome. They're phenomenal. They're oh. normal, regular, good, good people that are just looking for a vacation. No, it was the long-term rentals that, that was oh. causing grief there. Not, not the Airbnb. No, no, not those guests. Matter of fact, when I showed six months down the road, I did re-meet with our city council members. And I said, I told you to give me six months, or I asked you to give me six months. The six months is up. And I'd like to know if you've had any complaints about the rental mm -hmm. or if there's any problems. And one of the, um, one of the uh, city council members said no. And I drove by your place and it looks beautiful. He goes, your utilities are paid up to speed. Because that was the other thing too. The people that were renting from me, long-term rentals, mm -hmm. they were constantly ditching out on the utilities and everything else. He goes, your utilities are paid in advance. And then I showed him the reviews place had and all the review this is such a tiny little town so to get support to the little restaurants and everybody said oh we ate at the little Mexican restaurant every morning we grabbed our breakfast burrito before we um, hired our fishing guide up in the canyon which is another local guy we came back and we ate at the little restaurant on main street we enjoyed the pizza parlor and he was just like wow these people are spending money here and I said exactly it's good for the community and then The city council member goes, how do we get others on board? <laughs> so, there you go. Oh, my. Oh, so you did to revive an entire community. That's so yeah. good to hear. Yeah, and a positive. Yeah, he was. it was a po very positive thing. And the neighbors said they love it. Mm -hmm. They have no problems with any of them. They, they go, your guests are never even around. I'm like, they're not here to sit and watch TV. They're here to spend money. <laughs> mm-hmm. So you wrote good guests there. That's yeah. great to hear. Yeah, the long, yeah, like I said, the long-term rentals. And I do have other long-term rentals in the area that mm -hmm. over the next four or five years, I will have nine just in this area. So wow. once I finish those, then that's when we'll start um, looking at state and a warmer climate. 
So it's like a good plan. Um, have you got any other listings where you got travel guests from Airbnb side? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. There's been, there's been, a, there's been a couple of those too. Yes. I can hear you. Oh, okay. Um, we've had a few there's, we had one, she was new to the platform and didn't understand. It was the only time I ever allowed pets and to stay mm -hmm. in one of my Airbnbs. It was a brand new one. It was the one that I was telling you about that I converted from long-term to short-term. And I will not ever allow pets after that again. I had to go through that and it had brand new furniture and brand new flooring and we had to deep clean that. And that was, that was a big one. That was, that was bad. We did have another guest that tried to extort us. He had a good stay. He never had a problem. He never complained of any problems, but about two mm -hmm. weeks or about a week and a half after his stay, just before, he, you know, your, your time's getting up on the, uh, review point he says if you don't give me a full refund i'm going to give you a one-star review so obviously he blackmails guests into giving him refunds because he threatens them with reviews i reported mm -hmm. him to airbnb and they had said they don't have any more communication with him and we didn't and when he put the bad review up like he threatened he would do they removed it right away and they also compensated us for the problems that we had with him so they were very fair Glad to hear that. Glad to hear that. That happens, yeah. right? People's level of cleanliness compared to others is different. Yes, that's right. That's right. I agree. Is there any other tips that you like to share for other Airbnb hosts? Be patient. And it does take a while. It's not like you're going to list your property out of the gate mm -hmm. being brand new and it's just going to take off. It takes a while for that to snowball effect. Once that snowball effect happens, it's a good thing. Then you can roll on to your next one and your next one. It's, it's a great thing. I hope that some communities don't give people too much hassle. I think looking for places that are not in HOAs, is a, if you're going to buy, is a really important one. People can change those HOAs at any time mm -hmm. on you. Um, I think trying to stay out of HOAs and out of states that it's a problem. But other than that, I, yeah. And a good cleaner, like I told you, and treat your cleaners mm -hmm. good. Mm -hmm. That's a good tip. That's a really good tip. Um, uh, before we take off, anything else you like to share? Any experience, story, any tips? Um, you know, the, the, there's some people that I have noticed on, on some of these Airbnbs, just kind of Facebook page for they want to meet the guests and they want to spy on the guests with cameras and, you know, because they're babysitting their properties. You can't be like mm -hmm. that. You have to let it be and let people enjoy themselves. Um, some people want to be your friend and talk. Others mm -hmm. don't here to be, you know, they're, they're here to experience something with their families. Others do. I mean, I find that all the time on our own property. You see people that you may not ever meet. And then you see people that come up on the back deck and want to have a conversation with you when you're sitting outside in the evenings. So mm -hmm. yeah, just make sure you feel free, you know, get a feel for your guests. Don't be overbearing and man, start watching the doorbell cameras. <laughs> That's just <laughs> great. <laughs> yeah, I agree in all of those tips. Those are really helpful. I hope they reach every Airbnb host out there. <laughs> well thank you that's it for today thank you for your time as well have a good one
Thanks for listening to Into the Airbnb. We're looking for hosts and other people in the short-term rental industry to interview. If you have what we need and would like to share your experience in this podcast, please send us an email. All the info is at the end of the description.